0: Let's look at our Bibles at uh, Ezekiel chapter 37 (coughs) Ezekiel chapter 37 I want to read the first 14 verses (coughs) of that chapter, Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 14 Ezekiel 37 beginning at verse 1 the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me to and fro among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come from the four winds of breath and breathe into these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army and then he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. What a powerful passage of God's word, isn't it? Powerful part of scripture. Let's just bow in prayer, shall we? Oh, loving God, we want to thank you for the things that we've been learning so far from your words regarding revival. And we've come to a point, Lord, for our last study, where I believe that you want to evoke a response within us. I just pray, Lord, this morning that you would have your way. And we thank you Lord for the fellowship of kindred minds of those who know you and love you and Lord there are things that you want to deal with in each of our lives and we simply ask this morning Lord have your way among us help us to be clay in the potter's hand please shape us and mould us after your will And we pray, Lord, for those who are struggling today, whatever it are be, struggling with health or struggling with family matters or even spiritual issues. Loving God, will you just come amongst us and do a mighty work by your Holy Spirit. Just raise us up to strength. Raise us up from faith to faith that you might have a vast army of people who will go in the powerful name of Jesus and declare the glorious good news in this area in which we live. We pray indeed for those who are serving you further at seas. We, we think of the work of Operation Mobilization. We thank you for Rolena, for the work that she has done and for all the, those who are involved in that mighty work. And we pray safety upon that ship as it travels around the world. And we thank you, Lord, for all the open doors that you have given to it. For heads of state who have visited that ship. For people who have found resources that they need for the Christian life. But best of all, those who have found Christ to be their Saviour and Lord. And so we ask you, loving God, to bless that work wherever they are at the moment. May we know your powerful hand upon it for good. And so we ask, Lord, that you would just cleanse us from every sin. That we may be able to come with clean hands and a clean heart before your word today. And be able to hear you speak very clearly to us. Because you can do that for us. And for that we give you the glory. We give you the praise. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen This Sunday as I say we come to the last of our three talks That we've been having on on revival And the first talk we had a couple of weeks ago Was in Jeremiah 15 and verse 19 Where we found these words If you repent I will restore that you may serve me And if you utter worthy not worthless words You will be my spokesman, my mouthpiece Let the people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. A very clear word that God gave the prophet Jeremiah. And we were saying that particular Sunday that God has to deal with us as leaders before he deals with anybody else. God has a a wonderful work to do in the hearts and minds of those who would lead his church. And here is Jeremiah giving up hope and wondering whether he should proclaim any more words from the Lord. And asking for that, thus says the Lord. And God gives that specific word to his leader. If you repent, I will restore, that you may serve me. If you utter these wonderful words, what is worthless, the worldly words, not what is worthless, Then I will bless these words as my spokesman, as my mouthpiece. I want to use you, Jeremiah. That must have been a great help to the prophet Jeremiah at that time. And last Sunday we're thinking of that well-known verse from Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive the sin and will heal the land. And I said last Sunday we need to look at the context of verse 14. And the context you'll find is in verse 13. And 2nd Chronicles 7.13 speaks about the judgment of God. And God is saying to his people, when that judgment begins to fall upon the people of God, then if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. So it's really a a word there in 2nd Chronicles 7.14 about national repentance. Given the judgment of God upon the people of God in that day and I'm sure in this day as well and we spoke about the things that hold revival back and one of them we said was pride if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pride can be a terrible hold back of revival and we spoke about prayerlessness and yet the word of God said people who humble themselves and pray. And we spoke about wrong priorities. We need the kind of priority that will seek his face. And then we talked about presumption. Presuming upon God's grace that we can just live as we like. But that verse says shall turn from their wicked ways. So to conclude this series I want to focus on Ezekiel chapter 37. This valley of dry bones. I'm told that there's such a thing as dry lightning. I don't think I've experienced it myself in this country. But it's responsible for 80% of wildfires. And what actually happens is this dry lightning occurs during a thunderstorm where the humidity is so low and the air is so dry that the rain evaporates before it actually hits the ground. So although the rain doesn't hit the ground, the lightning does. And it can strike the grass and cause a fire. It can be quite devastating. That's a negative sense of what this lightning can do to wild areas of our world. And we've seen that happen in other countries. But what happens in nature is something like what God wants to do in a good sense, Spiritually. He he wants to send that spark of life into our hearts and lives. He wants to reignite those fading embers of our Christian life that we might be on fire for him. To renew our passion for loving God and for loving each other. God wants to do that for us. In every age and with every people, revival, as a fresh encounter with God is needed if the church is going to impact its culture and community with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it seemed to me that one of the areas that God is pleased to use is this passage here in Ezekiel 37. And the context here, of course, is the spiritual life of the kingdom of Judah. It had dried up after years and years of captivity in Babylon. The nation that was once blessed by God, it can't seem to find a way out. They're in a place of terrible dryness, despair even, hopelessness, and they can't seem to escape from that the spiritual condition of the people is portrayed in an unusual vivid picture of dry bones and Ezekiel is commanded to preach to these bones and something extraordinary happens a miracle of new life begins to sprout God's people are revived and standing before Ezekiel in his vision is a vast army what a picture what a picture Revival in the graveyard. Revival in the graveyard. What we discover, that even although revival is a work of the sovereign Lord, there are some conditions that we find in the Word of God. For experiencing that fresh encounter with God. When God's people meet God's conditions, wonderful things happen. Look now at Ezekiel 37 with me and see what is required. I think one of the things that we see here is a divine confrontation. God had Ezekiel do some very strange things in his ministry. He tells him to go and eat a scroll in Ezekiel chapter 3. He had him make a model of Jerusalem and play war games and, and reenact the coming destruction in Ezekiel chapter 4. Then in chapter 5 God has him shave his head and his beard as signs of judgment. And that's just a few of the things that Ezekiel gets up to. He was a prophet given to extraordinary visions and strange acts. And in this unusual vision here in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel is seized by the Lord. The New Living Translation has it. He was carried away by the Lord. And the Lord puts him in a tour, as it were, led by the Holy Spirit to a graveyard. And the Spirit of God set him in the middle of this valley of dry bones, as you can see there in verse 1. And as he was led through the valley, he noticed something about these bones. You'll see it there in verse 2. They were very dry. They were very dry. It seemed that God wants to plant that very much in the mind of Ezekiel. In the immediate context, of course, that I've said, is the nation of Israel. The people were like scattered and unburied skeletons. The people were drying up and they were dying and, and they saw no end to their judgment. And you'll see what the people say. Look at verse 11. And what the people say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone and we are cut off. The people saw no hope, no hope of ever being restored as a nation. But God says to them, these bones will live again. They're going to live again, God says. And you'll see from verses 5 and 6 that Israel's new life depended on the sovereign power of God. Notice the words there in 5 and 6. I will make breath into you. This was a tremendous vision of great hope and encouragement. And we too need our hope revived, don't we? We need hope revived in our lives today. We like the nation of Israel need a divine confrontation. When we hear God speaking to us, I will breathe new life into you. We need to hear that again in the midst of the dry bones. Because of the truth be told, God's people even today have been a long time in captivity. A long time held captive by so many things that invade our lives. And we too, like the nation of Judah and Israel, can feel what's the use of going on. Where's the hope here? And God said, I'm going to breathe new life into you. A divine confrontation. I want you to see here a a faith declaration. You'll see it here in verse 3. And God asks Ezekiel a question. Can these bones live? Now why in the world does God ask this question to Ezekiel when God already knows the answer? There's no doubt what God can do. But he wants Ezekiel to exercise faith. He wants Ezekiel to believe that he can do it. He wants the people of God to believe that he can do it. God knows that dry bones can live again. But he wants Ezekiel to believe it was wonderfully possible. And not just wonderfully possible, but coming soon. Coming very soon. And so Ezekiel gazes upon the scene of death and he says, Lord, you alone know. Ezekiel is almost saying, for where I'm standing, Lord, it doesn't look too promising, you know. He's he almost saying that strictly in a human standpoint, Lord, it just looks impossible. And we can understand Ezekiel's guarded response. After all, he's been preaching to dry bones there in, in captivity with his people for a while and got no response. You can understand why Ezekiel's so guarded. And there are some churches I've preached in and some churches you've been in. And and sometimes we've said to us, can these bones live? God didn't respond to Ezekiel right away, but gave him some instruction on how to raise the dead. Dry bones can live again. And when we have that divine confrontation with that faith declaration, God can do miraculous things in his church there's a third condition that you see here and that's a biblical proclamation you'll see it there in verses 48 ezekiel is told to preach to these bones to preach to the dead and you may be asking this morning what kind of message do you preach to the dead you'll see it there in verse 4 dry bones hear the word of the lord Dead people need life and there's life in the Word of God, isn't there? Faith comes by hearing and faith for the hearing and the hearing by the word of God what was the word Ezekiel was to bring to his people you see it there in verse 5 I will make breath into you and you will come to life here's this tremendous of hope and life and of good news the word is life and while revival can break out without preachers God very often raises up anointed preachers Who speak to dead people, hear the word of the Lord and mighty things happen. You'll read that in some of the great books of revival. Finney was one of them. Finney wrote a tremendous book on revival. Everywhere he went, God's people fell before the Lord and repentance and power came upon them. God very often uses the preaching of his word. There are times when preachers need to keep on preaching to dead bones. Look what happened in verse 7. That when the dead came into a confrontation with God's word, the dead bones, they started to make a noise. There was a rattling sound. I'm quite sure Ezekiel would have been pleased for any noise. He'd been preaching for a long time to his people and he had heard no noise whatsoever. And one of the problems we lack in church life today is the lack of holy noise. The church may be noisy with programs and gimmicks or people trying to push themselves forward but that's not holy noise. New Testament churches are truly noisy churches. But let me try and explain what I mean by that. Noisy with life. Noisy with the spiritual questions coming from new converts. Noisy with hurting people. Noisy with spiritual kingdom activity. That kind of noise. They heard a noise. There was a rat-like. Ezekiel would long for that to happen when he preached to the people. A miracle occurred as Ezekiel preached. The dry bones came together bone to bone. The flesh appeared and skin covered the flesh. And right before his eyes, life was coming in response to the preached word. The miracle can happen where there is that biblical proclamation of the word of God. There was a divine confrontation. There was a faith declaration. Ezekiel, can these bones live? And a biblical proclamation prophesied to the bones. Let me give you one more. There's a spiritual inspiration here in verses 9 and 10. The word of God is essential, but there's no life without the Spirit of God. Verse 8 tells us that there were no breath in them. The word breath in Hebrew is the word ruach. It's a tremendous word in Hebrew. It's a word that means wind or spirit or breath. And it speaks of divine activity and there were bodies there with substance but there was no life in them and they lacked the breath of God, the the divine activity of God's Holy Spirit and so Ezekiel is told now to prophesy to the breath. You'll see it there in verse 9. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds of breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. God is saying to Ezekiel in effect, let me fill you with my spirit, with my authority that you can prophesy to the breath. Let me empower you Ezekiel. Dry bones only come to life when we seek the Lord's face in prayer and we ask Him to anoint our lips, to empower our teaching and our ministry and to open up the hearts of people we minister to. When the Word and the Spirit come together in unison, revival happens. I'm sure you've heard me say it before. All Word and no Spirit and you dry up. All spirit and no word and you blow up. (laughs) But word and spirit together and you grow up. You grow up in your faith. In verse 10 it tells us the breath of God came and life returned to the dead and was now standing a vast army And when we the church are revived, that's what we will be. A mighty army of God moving out in the power of God's Spirit to fulfill the mission that God has given each one of us. When God's people meet God's conditions, true spiritual renewal occurs. Dry bones live again. Are you ready for a fresh encounter this morning? Are you ready? For God to do what only God can do. Are you ready for a renewed joy and and peace and and sense of purpose and hope that dry bones can live again? Folks, do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Let me finish with a few stories this morning of the Hebridean revival. This was a sermon that was preached by Duncan Campbell that was mightily used by God in this Hebridean revival of 1949. When the power of God came upon the church and the community of Lewis in a remarkable way. Duncan Campbell was God's servant. And he tells about one Christian woman who had a vision from God. And through that vision of God, God put within her heart to pray for revival. And God gave her a wonderful verse of scripture from Isaiah 44 and verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And so she got her 82 year old sister and said, Sister, we've got to start praying for revival in Lewis. At the same time, there were four ministers, I think some deacons, and they met in a barn. They began to pray in this barn. And one of the deacons opened up the word of God at Psalm 24 and he only got as far as verse 3 in the beginning of verse 4 and he had to stop. And it says in verse 3 beginning of verse 4, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And this deacon was heard to say, this is all humbug. (laughs) It was in Gaelic of course. (laughs) And what he was actually saying was this is all meaningless unless I can apply this to my life personally and so he closed the Bible and he raised up his hands and he says Lord and my heart's clean is my heart pure and Duncan Campbell says those words ushered in the revival of endless. Are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? When God stepped down, said Duncan Campbell, suddenly men and women all over the parish were gripped by the fear of God. They cried out, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Duncan Campbell continues, the moment that happened in the barn, a power was let loose in Barvis that shook the whole of Lewis. The Holy Spirit began to move among the people regarding what happened the following morning. It said that you met God in the meadow and the moorland, you met him in the homes of people. It seems, says Duncan Campbell, that God was everywhere revival, revival, without an evangelist a special effort or anything organised on the basis of human endeavour but a work of God that gripped the whole community so much that they stopped working Duncan Campbell continues I remember he says that once in 24 hours I preached at 8 meetings to crowded churches 24 hours was a dance in progress that night he said one young man in the church was praying in the aisle when over a hundred people young people fled from the dance and they made for the church and when I endeavored to get into the pulpit I found the way blocked with young people who had been to the dance when I entered the pulpit I was I found a young woman Lying there a graduate from Aberdeen University who was at the dance and she was lying on the floor of the pulpit and she was crying out, is there mercy for me? Is there mercy for me? Is there mercy for me? The meeting continued, Duncan Campbell says to four o'clock in the morning. The news came to Duncan Campbell that there were two or three hundred people at the police station. No, they weren't at the police station because they had done something wrong and they wanted to confess. They were at the police station because the police constable was a God-fearing born-again man. And two or three, four hundred people ended up in the police station five or six miles away. They were there and this young man, Duncan Campbell says, begged me to go along to the police station. I went along, I'll never forget what my ears heard and what my eyes saw. Young men were kneeling by the roadside. I think just now of a group of half a dozen of them, under the influence of drink, or one of them was. His mother kneeling beside them, saying, Oh Willie, Willie, are you coming at last? Mr. Campbell, she said, Something wonderful has happened. Revival has broken out. And Duncan Campbell at that time in the 50s said that Willie is now a parish minister. And from that group of young men, nine of them are now in the ministry. Another cry from the people to Duncan Campbell, Will you come to the door and see the crowd that's there? This is 11 o'clock at night, Duncan Campbell said. 11 o'clock at night, I went to the door and there were 6 to 700 people gathered around the church. Within a matter of minutes the church was crowded at quarter to 12 at night they came from the village, they came from the hamlet they were moved by a power that they could not explain a power that gave them to understand that they were hell deserving sinners and of course the only place that they could think of to find help was the church, six or seven hundred people God was everywhere and because of this awareness of God the churches were crowded through the day right on to the night until five and six in the morning In the revival, says Duncan Campbell, time does not exist. The drink house closed that night and hasn't been opened since the men who used to drink are now praying at the prayer meeting. It's because, says Duncan Campbell, they have entered into the fullness. It's because the people of Lewis grasp the truth that we can see today. We know practically nothing of backsliding from that gracious movement of years ago. My dear people, Duncan Campbell was preaching elsewhere. My dear people, he says, do you good folk know what revival means? you your conception of what it means to see God working. The God of miracles. sovereign, Supernatural. Moving in the midst of men. Hundreds. Swept into the kingdom. Oh that you might see it. Oh that you might see it. Was how he preached. And that cry of Duncan Campbell. It goes out today you know isn't it? It goes out today. There was one Sunday in the Vale of Leaven. God was doing a mighty work in the church. I don't know what happened, but God decided to pour out his spirit on the church at the Vale of Leaven. And young person after young person got blessed in the spirit in a, a very powerful way. And I remember one Sunday night I was preaching on psalm, 100, psalm 23. And I was preaching through the psalm. And that particular night I got to the bit where it talks about the anointing oil and the overflowing cup. after I finished this young mother came up to me and she says pastor I'm dry I said so am I perhaps we could meet together sometime That same night the young folks said to me Pastor would you teach us about the baptism in the spirit and spiritual gifts on Wednesday at the prayer meeting I said "Ah, I'll do that for you I went home deciding in my own mind what I was going to do I was going to give them this version of what people believe and that version of what people believe and we would have a discussion about it and come up with our own thoughts God had other plans in mind the Tuesday before that Wednesday God broke into my life in the power of his spirit. And I went that Wednesday night and I said, I know what I'm going to give you. I knew what I was going to give you. I'm going to give you my testimony of what God did yesterday. And I said, maybe God's going to uh, speak to you tonight. And I want you to come and, and just go into the vestry. And the place was crowded. With young people. And I was shaking like a leaf. Going around putting my hands on folk. And asking God's power to come upon them. A powerful time. Then my church at Dunoon you know. At Dunoon but uh, I remember was A day of prayer. And what we had a day of prayer was. We had a sheet. With all these different prayer requests. And, and people would come individually to pray. About things that were happening in the church and they came individually and the idea was in the evening we would all meet together for prayer and we had that before it was quite usual to have it and we have a cup of tea at the end and so I gave out the sheets and people came individually to the church for prayer and they came to the evening and we were gathered for the usual prayer time we'd have at the end of our day of prayer and then one young lad got up and, and said Lord, he says I need to repent he said I should have been at the prayer, the prayer meeting earlier on when the church was praying in division I really should have been there Lord and I want to repent of not being there and I want to repent of other things in my life he was in tears after he was finished this young mother got up and said Lord I want to repent of the attitude that I've got to some people in the church I need to repent of that and one after the other got up and just spoke about things that they needed to repent of and I got up and I said folks I says we're not going to have time for tea at the end but if you want to go and get tea you go out and get the tea we're going to spend time with the Lord the Lord's got business to do in this church tonight and we're going to spend time before the Lord and that's what we did and God graciously dealt with us in the power of his spirit that night Let me just give you one more story, and with that i finish. We ministers are the hardest people to preach. Do you know that? Do you know that? To preach to ministers is the hardest thing you can ever do. And we have a ministers' conference every year, a Baptist ministers' conference. And I'll forget, there was one year we asked, or somebody asked, the the committee asked the Reverend Ken Roxburgh, used to be the pastor at Livingston, to come and speak about the Lang Revival. And so what actually happens is somebody gets up and introduces the minister and says, Ken Roxburgh is going to speak to us now for this session on the Cambus Lang Revival. And so Ken got up. I can't remember what he said about the Cambuslang Revival. All I remember was it was so powerful. And what happened was, after Ken has spoken, usually what happens, the leader who introduces him will get up and say, well, we, we thank Ken uh, for coming and speaking to us about the Cambuslang revival. Folks, nobody moved. And nobody knew what to do. As ministers, we were riveted, as it were, by the power of God. And one of the other ministers who's knowing much about God's Holy Spirit working, he wrote this book about the Holy Spirit and children, uh, out he got up and said, folks, he says, God's speaking to us very powerfully today. And he wants to deal with us. That's ministers. We, were, we never spoke. We couldn't speak. And nobody got up and said, thanks very much. For giving us that talk in the Lang revival. The Holy Spirit came upon us in power. It never happened before. And it hasn't happened since. Can I ask you this morning, have you been in captivity too long? What are the things that have held you captive? And you need to be free. That God wants to bring you to a new encounter in his Holy Spirit. To fill you afresh with with that joy and that peace and that power that you need. And I believe that you don't preach three sermons on revival without a response. That God somehow speaks through his word that these dry bones can live. And I've been praying today for a revival breakthrough. I don't really know what God's saying to you today. I just know what He's saying to me and I know what He's saying to others. That we need to repent. That we need to be filled with His Holy Spirit. I just want to give you that opportunity today. Graham's going to come now and play for us some songs that we can sing. Spirit of Loving God, Father Fresh in Me. And perhaps you feel today, Alec, I really need prayer today. I really need prayer because I've been in captivity for so long to so many things. I need to be set free. I need the power of God's spirit. I need to be strengthened in my faith. I need somebody, somebody to pray with me today. Because I can't go on living the Christian life like this. I need renewed in my heart. And if that's your heart today. If that's what God's saying to you. I just want you to come and join me. Come and join me at the front as we just sing the Spirit of Living God fall afresh and we just come and join. There's others today that we've asked to minister with you, to be with you in prayer. But just come forward as we sing this song, Spirit Living God, fall afresh. Come and receive prayer. Come and be set free from that captivity. The people were in captivity in Babylon. And they had no hope whatsoever. God says, you're going to live again. I'm going to breathe new life into you. Prophesy to the bones. He said to me, prophesy to the breasts. Prophesy to the people. And God's words for you today. Come and be prayed for. Come and know that release from captivity. Let's just sing.